are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. I was baptized Nazarene. I was actually a Nazarene going to a Catholic school for a while and then converted to Catholic. So you never let your hair be cut? What? <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like old school, Old Testament Samson. No. He, was he was a Nazarene. Nazarene. Could never cut his hair, you know. You couldn't go to the movies or I dances do, and stuff. But I do remember that. I kind of broke those rules, too. Oh. I was a rule breaker my whole life. I still am. So you went to Lisbon <laughs> for high school, and you were a Blue Devil sports, football, lineman. <clears throat> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, linebacker, lineman. I know my yeah. football players. <laughs> <laughs> Saying I can't run fast, right? <laughs> what football? else did you do in school? It probably should Broke be rules. good for this podcast. It's all good for this <laughs> no. podcast. Um, nothing. That's it. No clubs. No glee club. Lift, lifted weights. Worked in junkyard. I um, I did do track my senior year because they needed somebody to throw a shot put. I wasn't very good at it, but my offensive line coach was like, "Hey, Tucker, you need a strong back and a weak mind." What happened after high school? I went to college, started at Kent Salem, but then went to Youngstown State University. Five years, full and part-time, walked away without a degree. What happened there? Already joined the workforce and was already off and went to work for Freightliner. Um, that was it. I, always in trucking and then uh, different places and then finally went on my own in what, five Oh, four. Oh, four, and it took us over a year to get licensed in the state. When did you meet Jen? Jen was part of my cult following when I was a high school football player. She did. That's so sweet. <laughs> Is it sweet? I mean, cult following. And in my he was a lineman. <laughs> had a strong back and no brain. <laughs> She liked it. Because <laughs> there's a strong back and a weak mind. He'd make a good husband someday. That's amazing. So wait, how long did you date? No, no, no. We didn't date until I, I was... I was out of school. Yeah, I, we were in our 20s when we finally dated. Really? They went to a, a tractor pool <gasps> yeah. and a Mexican restaurant, yeah. and they've Sorry. never been apart You're since. Right. bringing it yeah. all back. But he was a high school football player when I was in junior high, and I used to sit on the hill and watch him. Friday night lights. Mm -hmm. Friday night lights. <laughs> Wait, how many years older are you? Four. Ooh, boy. So you met in high school, in junior high. You didn't even know her? She was taking karate with a kid that married my cousin. And he's like, hey, you want to go out with her? I'm like, I don't know. So then I, I, give me her number. I'll call her. Waited a little while and I called her. That was when you were in your 20s? Yeah. And you've been married? Going on 18 years. Lathan is 15? 14. He's still... F and in 2004, you started your own trucking company? It's called Tucker Equipment Company. 
Then that turned into exporting. We exported trucks worldwide. Jen was. She went to work for us for a little bit. I fired her. Dang. I said, go home and don't come back. Because <laughs> she was kicking people out of there. Hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> She's got boundaries. I like it. Draw those lines. You may leave. Maybe we need to pull her up here. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to. That's up to you guys. Hobbies. I don't have any hobbies other than, than trucks and ride a motorcycle. But we haven't even got to do that this year. Oh. No, our truck shows and stuff. I, I just love our trucks. No hobbies. My work is my hobby. That's a nice thing to say, though. That's I what mean, Kate tries to tell Chris. That's right. But I, I feel like people who can say that my work is my hobby, that's a blessing. It is. It is. Especially, it wasn't always like that. It was always buying and selling trucks, but we had to reinvent ourselves about four different times on what we were doing. Our exporting days were different. It was just a money-driven business. You have to make money in business, but it, that's all it was. And now I'm doing trucks in the shop with the old vintage trucks. I always like stuff. And it's like I'm rebuilding a hot rod or a motorcycle every day. It's a truck. I like that. That's good. And you've been at the upper room for two. How did you get here? Because Jen told us that story that she didn't like it. Ford. No, we it just that pulled in the was a dad driving. Joke. <laughs> <Fire>. <laughs> we came here five years ago. No, been seven years ago. We came here once, and I really liked it. And Jen didn't. That was five years, but there wasn't much. As Lathan was getting older, there wasn't much to offer for him. We were going to start. Church searching again, which I, I do not like that. That's horrible. But I said, let's try Upper Room one more time. I really liked it over there. And I knew who Chuck was through the school system. We came over, and she loved it. I was like, great. I think we should go to church there. I do, too. So now here we are. You ready? I started it. I can't drink water now, right? <laughs> you better drink it quietly. <laughs> you can drink. Okay. Deal. Right. Go. Let's get the show rolling. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Lily. Lily, I think you've gone too far. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like your name. It's Lizzie. It's Kate. Hi. And we are here with Billy Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait! We are here with our friend Braden Tucker. Yay! Welcome, Braden. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Braden was born in Salem Community Hospital and was brought home to Lisbon, Ohio, where he spent his childhood. He went to St. Aloysius Catholic School in elementary and middle school, even though he was a baptized Nazarene, and transferred to Lisbon in high school. Braden so describes funny. himself as a rule breaker. <laughs> he was in the trucking industry, working for Freightliner and some other trucking companies for eight years. And then in 2004, he started his own company, Tucker Equipment Company. We were in the export business, yes. And now he's rebuilding vintage semi trucks and we're recognized under the name Dying Breed Diesels. They have a Facebook page. Check sure it out. Do. We're sick, uh, You've got a 160,000 plus. Uh huh. And we're represented in 100 countries. That's huge. 
How do you keep in touch with all of these people? Is it just through Facebook that you kind of contact and keep in touch with? or We have a large number of moderators that help me. I think I have 16 different moderators. Helps with the people requesting to join, and we keep it very family-friendly and clean. Kind of use Dying Breed Diesels to plant a lot of seeds. It's working. I've taken criticism over that, but it's my page. It's the way I want it. Criticism over the fact that you bring in faith? Yes. Braden's wife, Jen, knew him when she was in junior high. She'd sit on the hill and watch him play football under the Friday night lights. <laughs> but he didn't even know who she was <laughs> until they were in their 20s. Jen Tucker was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Check out her episode from June 7th and hear all about Jen's story. He brought his security guard with him today. She's armed and dangerous in the room. <laughs> sure he behaves. <laughs> Their first date was at a tractor pool at a Mexican restaurant, and they've never separated since then. Jen and Lathan and Braden have been at the upper room for the past two years, and we're so happy that they are a part of our family. They bring a lot of fun to our Sunday school classes, mm -hmm. so... If you're looking for something good to do, Sunday mornings at 9.30, join the Sunday school class. So welcome, Brayden. Thanks for having me. So Brayden, tell us, who or what turned your light on? I was raised in church as a very young age. My mother was a very strong spiritual leader, still is. As far as going to church, prayer meetings, her playing gospel music with her guitar in the living room, praying in the living room openly very strong leader and instilled a good, strong faith base for us all the way up through school in my 20s. Um, after converting from Nazarene to Catholic, I fell away from church for a while. Just had no interest in it. What it, made you convert? To Catholic? I don't know. My parents made me. I was 11. So, <laughs> so they changed. They were my they ride took, to church. They took the family. <laughs> right. And I was already going to school. St. Aloysius. So when I first enrolled at St. Aloysius, I was a Nazarene. And then at age 11, I enrolled there probably age seven. So four years later, my parents converted to Catholic and went to church up to about age 21. And it wasn't that I lost faith in God or belief in God, but I just wasn't interested in church. It was, lack of better terms, it was boring. As you spend time, and this isn't a knock towards Nazarenes, all I remember is being yelled at by old women all the time in long skirts. And then you give her to Catholic, then you're getting yelled at some more, and then you're doing things that went to that, and I just, I had no interest. I had absolutely no interest. And then I didn't come back, fall back to church, or come back to Christ until 26, somewhere around in there. What happened in those five years? I became self-employed. <laughs> so <laughs> working every day, uh, working every day and taking on a wolf that you've never had to tackle before. And it's very expensive, very time consuming. And without a history, you're starting a new business. It was very humbling and you need to pull your strength from somewhere. And I guess I fall back to the roots of watching my mom and dad struggle in business for years and watch her praying and, and different things like that. It's like I knew pretty quick if we're going to do this business venture thing that I need God as a partner. So you went back to church and didn't, Jen didn't go with you right away, right? She did not, no. She'd stay home in bed and sleep in on Sunday mornings. 
and she would try to get me to stay home. And I said, no, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. And one morning she's just stay here. Let's watch movies. Let's, and I said, I'm going to church. And I, I came home. I thought about it all day. When I came home from church that day, I went upstairs and said to her, I said, listen, I'm never going to ask you to go to church again, but don't ever ask me not to go to church again. Following week, I got up, get ready for church. She gets up, says, I'm going with you. Great. Let's go. Now she's throwing Bible verses at me and telling me how to behave and (laughs) (laughs) all that stuff. But it's good. It's been great to watch her grow in her faith. Hmm. How was that switch for you when you came back to it? Was it different for you? Was it the same? Was it like, oh, yeah, I remember this? Or what was that journey like? You remember some stuff, but I think the church has grown. I'm talking the church as a whole. I seem to favor when we were going back to churches, non-denominational churches. I just want to learn more about God and Jesus. I don't really... Sometimes the church carries its banner more than they do the Bible. And I just don't want... I don't want to do that. I don't want to be part of that. I want to have a healthy relationship with God. I was different I mean, you. Too. Yeah. You and your relationship with Jesus. How, how did that change you? It changed me because I was obviously more mature. Mm -hmm. Um, What really brought me back was when the movie Passion of the Christ came out. I remember, yeah, I want to watch it. It's about Jesus. That's cool. I still believed in Jesus and stuff. You really never take in consideration or deep thought the sacrifice that was really made. And that was, for me, I'm a visual learner. I can read something a thousand times and I'm still not going to get it. Falls back to the strong back and weak mind. Duh. (laughs) I'm a visual learner. And when I witness that movie and then you're thinking, oh, my goodness, you kind of see a display of what you've learned all those years put into film. And it just hit me. It hit a nerve hard. I wanted to go back home. And I, I did. Like I said, starting that business, it's scary. I remember the first truck I bought at an auction was for $750. It was a live auction. We were really there. I went into the men's room and started dry heaving. Two years later, I was buying a group of trucks and cut a check for six figures, and it didn't bother me as much as that first. And a lot of that is God just helping you you build your your faith and, and your self-awareness, too. You know, we, we talk about maturing and things happening over time, and I do believe that God works, you know, even like Chris was talking about in the sermon last week, that God works slowly, that he's really, really patient. But I do love those moments that we do have where we hit something that's revelatory to us. And so I just like that there are things like The Passion of the Christ. That movie doesn't work for everyone, but that was a revelatory moment to you, and it worked for you. Mm -hmm. And I just love those things that God uses, oh my gosh, so many things to connect to us because he knows what we need to see or hear or experience. That's what sticks out to you, even in the fact that he knows how you work. It needs to be visual for you and that you were there. I love that. I could barely watch that movie. I was like, oh, I remember still because it was so like. Well, when, you're, when you're in Sunday school as a kid and you're coloring pictures, it's all cartoonish. And oh, yeah, Jesus was nailed on a tree. But you always see it in like felt, you know, you're putting it up yeah. on a felt board and it's a little different. So tell us, Braden, what lights you up? My trucks, my business. Yeah, I like that. But I like the self-employment. You hear a lot of people say I'm self-employed on my own boss, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't I don't. Yeah, that's great. But you also get all the bills in your name, too. 
Uh-huh. What I like is I've never missed anything for Lathan, and I get to spend a lot of quality time with Jen and Lathan. Mm-hmm. So I guess they light me up. If there's President's Day or a day her working with in the government sector and Lathan being in school, if there's a day they're off, I don't go in. I stay home with them. My problems will be there when I get back. I That's guess great perspective. I'll never be able to solve all my problems in this in this lifetime, so why try? <laughs> but I like I just like hanging out with them. I really do. Tell me a crazy story. A crazy truck story. There's gotta be some. You travel for work? I do. A little, yeah. I um we'll go to different cities and pick up different trucks. I don't know what you're looking for. I mean, we've had a gun pulled on us in Detroit. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. Those <laughs> ones. <laughs> I could write you a book crazy story they're all crazy and there's things i did in business 10 years ago that i wouldn't do now about maturity this is a maturing and lifelong learning process like driving a truck from decatur illinois back home with no heater hooked up in zero degree weather not on a losing bet would i but (laughs) i've done it so why'd you have a gun pulled on you i was in detroit actually outside detroit warren michigan looking at a group of trucks that we were looking to export while I was up there, I seen one spotted that was for sale on a bulletin board at a truck stop. So I called them. I met these guys at a warehouse district, and I said, I'm going to come back tonight to pick this truck up because I had no idea who these guys were, and I wanted to get the truck. So I came back to Ohio, grabbed a driver, drove right back to Detroit, and it was about 1030 at night and we were there to pick the truck up and there was quote unquote their security team, which wasn't very legit. They smelled of alcohol and they had a revolver pointing at our nose. And then we said to call this guy, the owner, and they called him and they were speaking English. They were very broken English and it was good. We took the truck and we left. Oh. I went down to the gas station, grabbed a Slim Jim and a Red Bull and headed home. <laughs> just a normal, average day average day it's a normal night well most of these trucks that i buy especially if they're in a the city they're not in the nicest parts of town they're in warehouse districts rougher areas we've bought a group of trucks from under i-95 bridges in philadelphia to a farm in michigan you never know who you're dealing with and met a lot of different people that way too i bet mm-hmm. crazy Do you ever feel, I mean, do you get vibes like this is unsafe? It's time for me to leave. Do you ever feel like you've had moments where God has been like, nope, this is not the one? Or do you normally? No, but I feel protected. I feel protected and it all depends on where we're going. But no, I I don't. I don't ever fear. I'm cool with it. I'll go anywhere about any time. Seen a lot. I've had the opportunity to eat at different places. I had a cheesesteak at Tony Luke's, which is the original cheesesteak maker. And we have fun. And then sometimes I'll, if I have to go get a truck, we'll do it on a weekend. And I'll take Jen and Lathan with me and we'll get a nice hotel. And just, it's family time. It's cool. And I'm really blessed to be able to work the way I work. What's your favorite part of being a dad? I just love it. I don't know. I'm always picking and teasing and joking. I mean, I am his dad, not his buddy. But he is my little buddy, too. Yeah. I love that. I wish we would have had more children, but it didn't turn out to be that way. I guess I have to pick on him. When he's too big, I'll pick on other people's kids at church. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that, and Jen and I both told him this, I don't care what your grades are as long as you do your best, but you always have to be respectful and kind to people. 
to me, that's more important than academic achievements. I'm sure a lot of people would debate that, but I think being your word is your bond and being straight is the way to be. It's worked for me in business because believe me, I did not graduate top of my class. One of the things that's so fascinating to me, even going back to Chris's sermons, when he uses those quotes about Romans talking about early Christians, yet it's never, the commentary is never about how smart they are or their successes, but it's every time always about their character. And that's what marks them and changes the world mm-hmm. is that they cannot believe the character of these people who love Jesus. I think it's hugely about who we are, mm-hmm. the character we Absolutely. carry. So in this season of your life, how are you letting your light shine? I am planting seeds with my page and the people that we come across. God has thrown some very colorful people in my path. <laughs> I think Kate said earlier that God uses us, you know, the way that we are. I might be able to reach somebody that not necessarily either one of you two could and vice versa. He has me working, especially with one individual, that it's going to take a lot of work. Not that this person is a bad person because this person is a great person, but it, it's just he has me working. I'm okay with that. Sometimes I feel like a failure. That That's not my job. It's not in my timing mm-hmm. either. Maybe he's working on me to have patience too. I don't know. I think it's not very authentic when we befriend people as Christians and share the gospel and then get annoyed if they don't accept it right away and then move on. You know, like, is that really authentic? But just being able to meet people where they are and love them where they are and just keep being a light, sprinkling salt. And it's like Chris was talking in the sermon last week about God's patient with people and are we you know, some of the brightest diamonds I've ever seen have been laying amongst the rocks. And what I mean by that is some of the biggest hearts, some of the most genuine people, some of the people that are the most considerate are roughneck, biker type, trucking industry, whatever. Their hearts are gold. They just have no understanding or relationship with Christ. And that's our job to take it to them, but you have to keep in mind, some people aren't going to respond if you hit them in the head with a Bible. What's your Facebook page again? Dying Breed Diesels. So tell us more about how you're planting seeds on your Dying Breed Diesel page. I'll actually put out there that we're praying for people. It's all positive. It's all family-oriented. It's not a lot of cursing that takes place on other pages or the negative vibe. We don't allow it, but we do mention God. We mention country. You'll even see other people, which is very humbling. You'll see other people ask for prayer requests. We had a guy ask for prayer requests for his grandmother who was in surgery and knows that it's comfortable. He's comfortable enough to know that it's going to be okay to do that on our page. Our bond is the vintage trucks. That's the glue that keeps us all together. But people are people, no matter what industry they're in or what they're doing. So people have needs beyond what their industry or what their interests are. And I'm just thankful that people are comfortable enough to put their personal needs, prayer requests, or whatever they want on our page. You have no problem blocking people either, right? We've shed thousands. And that's if they're just being belligerent or mean or... We don't allow that. We don't allow bullying. We don't allow, you take the Lord's name in vain on there, or you use the F word on there, you're you're gone. Mm-hmm. Now, there are the milder words that will maybe delete the comment, because you don't want to throw everybody out the door. But if somebody's downright belligerent, I mean, they got to go. I'm not the only page there. They can find 
thousands of other pages for that nonsense. Do you have any stories about seeing fruition of the seeds that you've planted from your page? I've had people comment or message me, but have I met them personally? No. It's sad, but I've had people say that we're the only family they have. Our truck page is the only family they have. And I've seen that quite a few times. It's very sad that you have to go to a Facebook page to feel acceptance and not be treated in the wrong way. I don't get the world. I, I, I don't get it. I love so much, though, like the idea that that type of culture, that type of lifestyle or the people that are in them, they might be a different kind. But it's so interesting. You're just drawn to that culture. And it makes me really grateful because it's true who we're able to reach or touch or love are so different than the people that you're able to reach and touch and love. And I just even like how we're even drawn to different types of people, people that are really, really drawn to my brother tattoo industry they are not drawn to me they don't want to hang out with me they want to hang out with Jonathan you know what I mean so I just love that those are your people and they connect so well to you and and they're great people you know I love I love those guys Mm -hmm. they're great people but you know even the people in the bible weren't perfect far from it and what who God used was (laughs) probably cut from the cloth of the same type of people that I'm talking about now than the long-dressed lady that hit me in the head at the <laughs> Nazarene church with a Bible, you know. <laughs> Years ago, we were at the church, and this is a story I heard from my dad, which has passed on, but um, there was an old lady. Her name was Hattie, whatever that was short for. I don't know, but... Hagatha. There, that, <laughs> let's call her that. <laughs> anyway, sure. They're sitting in a basement room in a church, and she was complaining about these teenagers that were coming to the church. And this was the 80s, early 80s, and they had long hair, and they had beards, and they had raggedy clothes, because you know, not everybody, especially in Columbia County, was came from wealth. You sure that wasn't the 70s? Well, early 80s, it was still there, too. We were getting mullets in the 80s. <laughs> that was a little bit later. <laughs> But um, old Hattie was really upset that these kids were coming to the church. They're coming there in rags and their long hair and all that. And my dad said, man, that sounds just like somebody else I know. She, she says, who? He pointed a picture of Jesus said to him, well, Hattie, quiet down. And he was right. Jesus was basically homeless, had no steady place to lay his head, had long hair, had a beard, had, and he was born in a manger. He's also king of the world. And that's what I love about this church. I love about this church. I've had people tell me, boy, I invited a guy recently. You want to come? He says, I don't know, man. I'm tattooed and stuff. And I says, our preacher's a tattoo artist. What? They let him preach? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good at it, too. Crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I also see people, genera- there's not a generation gap here. I see people encouraging other people's kids and stuff. I, just, I love it here. It's a good place. Well, I think that's one of the things that have been our heart for a really long time is that we remain as multi-generational as possible, where you find every age accepting and loving every age. And that's really important and really purposeful because that's what you will find in the kingdom of God. But that's what it's supposed to be, acceptance of all ages and people. So I like it too. Um, one more story time. Is there an experience that you've had that was supernatural that you would like to share with us? Or was, has, have you ever experienced something where like, that was odd? 
every day of my life. <laughs> oh, that's good. God's <laughs> there all the God. time. Have you ever heard God speaking? Oh, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. I, the story, absolutely. Years ago when we started in business, tax time for the un, the people that aren't self-employed is great time. You're getting a rebate. Great. Well, if you own a business, you're tallying up your books and you're going to pay. I had bought a truck that I knew I could make good profit on, but it just needed a little bit of cleaning and brought up to standards to make that profit. Jen was working at a church camp or volunteering at a church camp, and she says, are you going down there? Well, previously, I yeah, I'm going down there until I found this truck. It was a Saturday, a one-day camp. She was going to go down there, and I said, hey, I'm not going. Why? I said, I'm going to get this truck cleaned up. We have taxes due. We have... I need to go forward and, and try to get our bills paid. She was a little bit disappointed, but understood. But she went on down to the camp, and I actually went to the shop, started cleaning the truck, started feeling guilty. And so I called this one guy I knew that had two little kids, and they never got to see church much. I said, uh, what's your kids doing today? Oh, not much. Dear friend of mine. I said, can I borrow your kids today? Yes, please, come get them. So I took those two little kids, and I kind of dropped in and surprised Jen at the church camp. And I just put the truck on the back burner. This is a day before cell phones, and there was um, answer machines. So Monday morning, I got to the office, and my answer machine's blanking. And I hit the button, and it was some guy from Pennsylvania introducing himself on this answer machine and said, I'm in a desperate need for a truck for our business, and I noticed you had a Peterbilt out there. If you are able to take X amount of money, I will bring you a cashier's check today. And it was for more than I planned selling it. So I let God handle my business. I handled his business. And that Monday, the money was there. Taxes paid. I think we even had a little bit to go out for dinner, didn't we? I love those stories. Uh Uh-huh. You didn't even have to work for that sucker. No, I didn't have to wash the truck. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh you should do all this work to get it i mean you didn't even work to get it sold that's no, amazing no i didn't they hmm. just happened to drive by and they seen it and they checked it out and they they called with the offer well you mentioned earlier that you knew you wanted god as your partner if you were going to be successful so what kind of partner is he what's he teaching you in business basically i look at it as it's his i'm just blessed to be there be part of it And he's taught me that family and people matter. People are important. I have past customers that we're still in contact with today. We've established the best relationships ever through this business. It's been a blessing in so many ways. I can't even explain how great it's been. When I say I'm not talking acquaintances, I'm talking friends. Real life friends. If it wasn't for that business and doing it the way that I think God wants me to do it, those people wouldn't be there. Well, Brayden, I'm so glad you were here with us today to share your story. And Mm -hmm. you are letting your light shine. I love that you are able to reach people that a lot of church people can't reach and that you offer love and acceptance and friendship to them, which really, I think, draws people in and gives you the opportunity to to share Christ with them and even just your relationship with Jen and Lathan to see a family that likes to spend time together Mm -hmm. and enjoys each other and is committed. That's not often the case in the world. So I think just your example of 
hanging out with your family and making them a priority speaks volumes for your character and your values. And I think people are drawn to that. And so it's a a great reminder that people are important and you put people first and God will take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thank you. Good. Well, thanks, Brayden. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. 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 (laughs) Close enough.